A medical expert recently said that listening to the Ron Van Dam Show can improve your IQ. Okay, her area of expertise is toe fungus, and she said it in a bar, drunk, to Ron. But still, a medical expert said so. You and your toe fungus are listening to the Ron Van Dam Show on New England Broadcasting. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. It's the Ron Van Dam Show. Alright, that's enough. Hold on tight, things can get a bit weird, if you like that sort of thing. Are you listening to me on a radio station, or did you come a-clicking at my door? One way or the other, here we are. Oh my God. Thanks for stopping by. You're really a special person under the circumstances. I'll be with you for about half an hour, and then I won't be. That's the good part. My name is Ron Van Dam. It's the Ron Van Dam Show. I was born in a manger. Very odd circumstances. There were three wise men that showed up with some gifts. Nice people. Yeah, uh, in case you don't know who I am, um, if there was a police lineup, I'd be the one all the way on the left. So, kind of helps you in your choice. Nice thing about this show is nobody gets hurt, no animals are harmed. Other than that, anything can happen. And there we go. All right. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. You are not only special, but you somehow have found your way. And I appreciate that very, very much. Uh... (laughs) This is the Friday edition of the program, which means I don't do this on the weekends. I'll be back on Monday, but before I am back on Monday, I'm going to do this show, (laughs) which there seems to be no direction whatsoever so far, but that's okay. Don't worry about it. Things will generate themselves. Just leave it alone. Don't touch it. It's like a cold sore. Don't play with it. Just let it heal. Put some stuff on it and leave it alone. That should be my mantra. Put some, put some stuff on it and leave it alone. Yeah. That's what I say to people. If I don't even know them, I say that. You know, hey, uh, Ron, how are you? Hey, put some stuff on it, leave it alone. And then they walk away like I'm crazy for some reason. I don't know. Do you know what I miss? Do you care what I miss? I don't think you do. Do you know what I miss? Salad bars. <gasps> Buffets. Oh my God, I miss those suckers. That used to be the joy of my food life. Oh, I used to love food before this uh, pandemia hit. Oh my God. I know we're kind of back to normal and all that, but no, no, that didn't come back. The buffets didn't come back. <sighs> Last week, I craved a uh, buffet. Um, I, you know, the, the Chinese buffets? 
I love them. You know, you can eat a little bit of everything off of other people's plates. What? Oh, oh okay. You can't do that. You have a little bit of everything at a Chinese buffet. I love that stuff. I know it's not sanitary, but I, I survived when it wasn't. They have sneeze guards, you know? But it never came back. Now, I don't know where you live. I live in Massachusetts. I'm not gloating. I'm just bloating. I live in Massachusetts. There's no buffets anywhere. I, I call. I call the places that used to have these lovely buffets. Lovely. And I asked him, I said, do you, do you, do you have the buffet uh, today? No, we're not. No, we don't do the buffet. Oh, come on. It's, that's what made your place famous, the buffet. The buffet. Salad bars, weren't they fun? It's amazing what a little lettuce can do for, for building a small meal. Maybe a little lettuce, maybe a little spinach, maybe a little some spinach leaves, maybe some kale leaves, maybe some spring mix. It was totally up to you. And then after that, go to town, man. Add those vegetables, the niblets of corn, the marinated mushrooms, the the green and red peppers, the olives, uh, you know, that little that little chicken mix with something in it when don't know what it was, that bean mix, you know. It, 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 was, it was, and then like 55 dressings and breads, and oh, the salad bar was just, oh, oh my God, I'm salivating. I, there is a puddle of pool, a pool of saliva, of pooling, of puddling, on the floor beneath my feet because I'm talking about this. I miss that. We also used to have something around here in the springtime, and they were called uh, food tastings. Did you have that? Do you have that where you live? Did you? Do you? There were every every big town around where I live had had this. It was usually in April. And they, it was the big food tasting. They called it the taste of whatever the name of the town was. The taste of Boston. The, 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 the taste of Schenectady. <laughs> There's a town up here called Athol. A-T-H-O-L. If you pronounce it quickly, it sounds like, yeah. Like, yeah, like asshole. So uh, I don't know if they had a food tasting, but I'm not going to the taste of Athol. I'm sorry, I'm not going. Food may be great concept not great the food tastings never came back those those things never came back you'd pay a ticket like 20 25 bucks something like that you know and uh and you can have as much you'd sample all kinds of foods and from all different restaurants in the area they don't do that anymore and that covid damn it damn it covid I know millions of people died. I'm not thrilled about that. I've known a few that were in that horrible situation, but um, I'm talking about food now. Whoa, baby. Mm, mm, I'm missing it. Uh, you're probably saying, Ron, that is so petty. The world is falling apart, and, and you're talking about food tastings and, and salad bars and buffets. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I am. I am. Because it's about time. I told you on the show yesterday, I, I, don't, I don't watch the news a lot anymore because it's all so incredibly awful. It, the news is, <laughs> you know, 
The news is, this is the stuff that's happening out of the normal that will depress you. Here it is. I mean, how, if you ever want, if you ever want to be depressed for a period of time, just watch the news. It can be the local news or national news, whatever. Cable news, uh, it's depressing. It's, oh, hey, are you having a nice life? I'm going to put the weight of the world problems on your shoulders now and make you worry about it. If you have children, you should be concerned they have no future. Stop it with the news. Stop it. Now we're going to do a special report on special things that can depress you even further to the point of medication necessary. They don't do good news ever. If they do, it's hidden all the way at the end of the news report. You know, it's, it's never up top. It's always like, and just before we leave, here's some good news. Oh, thanks. Thanks for throwing that in. And that's going to make it better. I think we'd rather hear Ron's show about food buffets and salad bars. That seems more uplifting. Sure, he's complaining about the fact that there's no buffets or salad bars, but it's still uplifting. And usually the feel-good story at the end of these news uh, shows is, um, it doesn't feel that good. It's about somebody who, you know, lost uh, complete control of their legs and had to be amputated, and now they're doing well, and these are all the things they can do with the artificial limbs. Yeah, feel good. Yeah, I feel good. I, f- I feel bad that that even happened to, to that person. No, but it's a feel-good story because look at them moving around a little bit now. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. The feel-good stories don't feel that good. I remember that when in the news there'd be, uh, I still live in a small town, you know, in New York, upstate New York. I lived a lot of places. Not a lot. Well, I don't know. Probably less than you. And uh, I remember a story on the news where they actually had a uh, a news coverage of a person standing in front of a tree with a hook and ladder uh, uh, from the fire department um, going up the tree. And uh, the firefighter, uh, there's a picture then of the firefighter bringing the cat down from a tree. They they rescued a cat that was stuck in a tree. And um, that... I guess it was a feel-good story, but on the other hand, it's a traumatized cat that got stuck in a tree. Oh, my God. This is the feel-good story. Or it's a story about some uh, Girl Scout. Do they still have those people? Are there still Girl Scouts? I never hear a thing about them. Oh, are those the people that come to the door trying to sell me cookies? Oh, Oh, I don't know who they are. I thought they were just. I thought that they were wanted to take a, a, a tri- the soccer team wanted to take a trip to. Uh, to well, no, those Girl Scout. All right, fine. How dare they come to my house and try to sell me cookies? How dare they? Don't they know that I have to watch my sugar content? Look, why don't you Girl Scouts uh, speak to your manufacturing people? You highfalutin business Girl Scouts. You want to win that trip to Orlando? Go to that uh, cookie factory and ask them to make some sugar-free or low-sugar cookies. How about that? 
How about uh, Girl Scouts turning to a little bit of health for the American public and stop trying to feed them uh, highfalutin sugar bakery items? Why don't you go door to door and try to sell a bag of kale? No, no, this is sugary bakery items. Come on, man. Get with the program. We don't do that anymore. I'll be right back after this. If you have listened to more than 10 episodes of the Ron Van Dam Show in a row, you may be entitled to hazard pay. Fill out two copies of Form 63-B and bring them to Estelle in Human Resources. Don't forget, Estelle is off on Tuesdays. Please allow four to six weeks of the processing of your hazard pay claim. And thank you for listening to the Ron Van Dam Show on New England Broadcasting. How is Estelle doing, by the way? Is she still in HR? No, she's not, Ron. She's She quit because she can't stand this job. Oh, okay. Thank you. I don't know who that is. I, I thought I was alone in the room. Hey, wait a minute. All right. Uh, yesterday I did a uh, whole deal about how much I hate social media. And I got to tell you, that hasn't changed. I googled something yesterday, and as I was doing it, I started crying. What has happened to us? What has happened to us? What has happened to me? I went to a restaurant yesterday, sat at the bar. If you go in to have lunch by yourself, don't sit at a table. It looks bad. It's just a bad look. You might as well put a sign on your head that says, I'm not with anybody. I'm alone. Don't sit at a table by yourself in a restaurant. You go to the bar, and you sit at the bar. That way you look like a normal alcoholic, like everybody else at the bar. <laughs> so I'm sitting at the bar, and uh, and a bartender comes over and asks me what I want to drink, and I said, uh, give me a Diet Coke and, uh, and a shot of whiskey. And I didn't say that. I th- thought it was a saloon. <laughs> remember, remember in the movies where you sat at the bar, and the bartender would come over, and there'd be a shotgun on the wall behind the bar. <laughs> and the bartender would come over and say, Hey, what can I get you? I have uh, Give me a shot of whiskey and leave the bottle on the counter. Leave the bottle here. Just give me a shot of whiskey. You got a partner. Yeah, um, you don't do that anymore. You don't walk into a restaurant and Sit down and go, can I get you a beverage? Uh, a, uh, can I get you a cocktail? Yeah, just give me, a, give me a shot of whiskey and leave the bottle on the table. I'm sorry, sir, we can't do that. What kind of saloon is this? Uh, uh, I got to go outside. I have to feed the meter. My horse is uh, running out of change, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I'm sitting at the uh, counter there, and uh, and I order, uh, I don't remember what I had. I think I just had a Diet Coke or something like that. And uh, if you know me, then you know I'm lying. So I'm sitting at the bar, and then what I did was I reached into my pocket, and I took out my cell phone, and I started checking my emails. 
And, you know, and then I just stopped and I said to myself, what the hell am I doing? What happened to society where as soon as I sit down and place an order, I whip out my cell phone and, and, and go through information and try to find things to do so I don't have to interact with anybody? What's wrong with me? And then I realized, hey, that's the way I always was. So it's okay. Now I'm I chastise myself. Uh, the social media, I don't uh, you know I never went on a dating site. I didn't have the I, why? What's the point of that? First of all, I'm not in a position to do that. You have to be in a certain position to do that, or you should be. I know a lot of people that uh, met their spouses on dating sites, like uh, Bumble which is an odd name for a dating site. I don't quite understand that. I mean, I'm meeting people that are bumbling. I, I, that's not right. Um, Ancestry.com. No, that's not a dating site, is it? That's what if you want to date your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather. That's if you want to do that. You know what they don't have? which I think they have, but if, if I was meeting somebody, you know, and I just said, hi, how are you? What's your name? Uh, my name is Betsy. Hi, Betsy. How are you? What's your last name? Anderson. Okay. Uh, excuse me for just a second. And then you, you go into the men's room, you sit on the toilet and you, uh, do a people search and, uh, see if she has any strange postings, perhaps some, uh, naked postings of herself. Uh, perhaps she is a, uh, political, uh, mess, uh, some type of far left or far right uh, activist, um, allergic to peanuts, that's very important. Um, you know, uh, an only child, murdered their stepsister. I, you know, you, you need to do background checks on every, you know, I know you need, you need to do background checks if somebody wants to buy a gun. I, I get that. I think you should also have a background check if somebody wants to buy a pack of gum, so to speak, or, um, you know, uh, yeah. hey, um, you, you want to come to a party tomorrow? We're having a party. Uh, let me just check your background first. Uh, I don't know. Uh, see, things are too, they're too, they're, it's too much. It's just too much. It's too much. It's just too much. The human mind can only take a certain amount of crap. This is just too much. Do you ever hear the phrase simpler times? Yeah, there's air quotes around that. Because things were easier for people. No, Ron, they weren't. We were penniless and we didn't know where our next meal was coming from. Okay, not you. I'm not talking about you then. But simpler times. I mean, you know, it's just too much. This is too much information. It's too much. I can hardly handle the people that I know. I can't even handle the people that I know, to be honest with you. They cause me stress and agita. I don't know what agita is, but it usually goes with the word stress. So I used it. So, so blame me for using a word that I never use usually, because I'm not even sure what it means. I don't need extra stress. I don't need that. And no, nobody does. Do you know that the, the common everyday person uh, is stressed out and has anxiety? Did you know that? Do you care? I don't. I care if I'm stressed out and I have anxiety. 
if somebody I doesn't I don't know or I doesn't know <laughs> has anxiety, what do I care? What the hell do I care? And that's the point. We're caring too much. I care for people that uh, that are struggling. I care for them. But I, I, I can't. I can't care for all of you. All right. Uh, we're going to take a short commercial break. When we come back, my guest will join us, which is really wonderful because it stops me from talking so much. Right back after this. Looking to have a few laughs this weekend? Come to Comedy Night at that bar near your house. Hosted by that local comic who hasn't moved past open mic nights for 20 years. And featuring that guy who told everyone he was moving to Los Angeles to become a famous comic and was back in three months. That girl whose friends all say she's really funny. And your headliner, that guy who was nearly famous until it turned out he liked to send pictures of his penis to strangers. It's a night full of fun and laughs, and it's happening at that bar near your house. Not too far to drive, just a little too far to walk. We'll see you there. Good morning, Ron. <laughs> Sandy Rogers. Hi, Sandy. This is Sandy Rogers, leader of Franklin uh, Covey's uh, loyalty practice, and uh, I, I, I love the I love the phrase loyalty practice. It kind of feels comfortable to me. Uh, explain what this is. Well, I spent most of my career around at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, and um, when I retired, I had the good fortune of helping Franklin Covey to launch a loyalty practice with the idea of helping other companies um, get better at earning the loyalty of their customers like we did at Enterprise. It's perfect. It's perfect. Um, it's shocking to us in the public how many companies uh, disregard this, this, this part of business. Well, you know, it is. I mean, so much has been written about the importance of loyalty, about the economics, and the um, and just, you know, of course, it's obvious that we want loyal customers. Uh, we also want loyal colleagues, the people we work with every day. Um, but we decided to write a book to actually help people get this loyalty that we all want so much, not just in business, but in our personal lives as well. Yeah, um, yeah. That's true. Well, even the president uh, has a thirst for loyalty, but apparently, <laughs> but apparently, he's not going to get it. But anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, yeah, um, I personally, to be honest with you, and I think most people I know, they kind of stay with organizations that have their back all the time and that treat them nicely and treat them well. And price is not always the top consideration. It, it, it really is exactly right. Um, you know, think of the organizations that, that we're loyal to as consumers, mm -hmm. um, and it has to do a lot with how they make us feel. Um, you know, do we walk away from interactions with the organization and feel like, wow, you know, these people really have empathy for me. They, yeah. they, they really are taking responsibility for helping me get what I'm trying to get done. Are they generous mm -hmm. with me, with mm -hmm. my time? I, I, you know, what, what's, what's coming up here, Sandy, is, is that I, I'm, I don't know how old you are, but uh, I'm, you know, a little bit past the middle part, <laughs> considerably, actually. And uh, I, I, I remember, I, okay. And I remember a time where uh, my transactions and my relationships were with people. And uh, oddly enough, I have to find, uh, really search to find uh, any kind of business customer relationship with something other than a computer or a recording. And I just... Man, you know, I, I just, I miss talking to people 
uh, when when we're having a, a business relationship. It just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, isn't that interesting? And 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 the most successful companies in yeah. building loyalty yeah. understand the power of people yeah. in in earning our loyalty. Oh my god! You know, the difference between a good and a great experience comes down to how people feel about their interactions with us, whether it's in person or it's online or over the phone. I know. I know. Remember the days you used to call a company and, and someone would pick up the phone and say, how can I help you? I said, wow, that doesn't happen at all anymore, anywhere. But, but companies that use technology to make it easier for us to work with them, mm-hmm. um, they, they, the best also have, uh, for example... Um, I, I use Amazon a lot. Yes. Um, and 99% of the time, I'm using the app. I'm using the website. Yes, true. Occasionally, though, I'll have a problem. I, mm-hmm. I call, and I, I actually spoke to a human being, and the service wow. I got was incredible. Wow. And so it's nice to know that if you ever have a problem, there is that human being who will answer the phone, and we'll, we'll take ownership for it and fix it. Uh, yeah. And, see, that's what I don't understand because – uh, the economy is supposed to be really, really good, and everybody's supposed to be employed now, and yet I still can't get anybody to help me person-wise in, 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 most, in most problems uh, with a company. I just uh, I don't understand. I, when I call places, they say we're expecting, uh, we're, we're uh, uh, not expecting, we're, we're experiencing a higher-than-usual call volume. Uh, please hold, your wait could be a bit extended. Please go to our website where there's no people and resolve your problem there. It's like, wow, uh, what happened to all the people that were hired for stuff? Where are they? (laughs) And then that is certainly frustrating. You know, companies like Southwest Airlines, Enterprise, Chick-fil-A, American Express, these organizations, I mean, do they get it perfect all the time? No, but but they get it right a much higher percentage of time than the average company because they understand that we've got to make people available and when they're serving customers, the goal is to create a promoter, mm-hmm. to, to have that person walk away and feel like, wow, you know, these people are amazing. Yeah. And, and the principles that we talk about in this book, they come down to empathy, responsibility, and generosity. Are the people empowered to do those things with customers? Yeah. Let's talk about the book itself. Um, and one would think this is only for businesses, like uh, a manual of customer service for businesses. But as you said at the top of our conversation, kind of filters into our personal lives, too. And, and no question. I mean, we, we want loyalty from our customers and colleagues, but we especially want loyalty from our, our friends, yeah. our family. Um, and the principles for earning loyalty are exactly the same in all of these you know, parts of our lives. Yeah. And the book uh, goes through that, and uh, I, I don't know, I, I found it kind of made me comfortable, like somebody else gets it, is really what I got out of it. I, 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 I'm, I think I connected to you, <laughs> because like, well, here's somebody who understands what I'm going through. And, and, and you know, when we wrote this book and, and explained these principles, mm-hmm. you know, some people would say, well, well hold on, Ron, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I learned these things in kindergarten, yeah. you know, and, and, and we did. Uh, but just because they're common sense, unfortunately, they're not common practice, as Correct. you just said, in so many of our interactions today. Right. And so why is that? Well, it's because people are busy. And in this endless pursuit for efficiency and cost savings, we lose sight of the, the power of, of just treating people, you know, with empathy, with responsibility, so that they feel like, wow, you know, th- th- these people actually care about me. Yeah. And it's not just the human interactions, it's also in the technology that companies design, the policies they put in place 
to serve customers. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, the book is called Leading Loyalty, Cracking the Code to Customer Devotion. It's available everywhere. How? What if we want to do uh, follow you and what you're doing and get some more insight into the book? You can find me at franklincovey.com, Sandy Rogers, uh, on LinkedIn. Um, would welcome any comments people have about the book. Cool. The, 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 the idea behind the book was, was not just to explain these principles, mm-hmm. but to show the, 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 the processes that go with each one. So, for example, it's easy to say empathy, but we break it down into, well, well first you've got to make a genuine human connection with people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a script isn't going to get it done. People have to feel like that you're actually genuine. And then we've got to listen to learn their story so we get a sense of, of how they're feeling. And so often, we, we don't take the time to do that. And if you don't know my story, you can't have empathy for me. Right. True. Yeah, that's true. Although sometimes, <laughs> very quickly, sometimes I get phony relationships on the phone where the uh, customer service rep will say, well, our, our computer system is slow. Uh, hold on a second. How's the weather there in Boston? And it's all, you know, as soon as they say that, it's like, okay, I, I, I understand what you're doing. I'll go along with it. We'll talk about the weather for a minute. But I mean, you know, let's brush up on our, <laughs> on our genuine well, skills yeah. here. <laughs> You're right. Nothing's more frustrating than that. Yeah, I called the cable company, and then after waiting for 15 minutes, yeah. then they read some script to me about how much they appreciate me yes, being a customer right. for yes. two and a half years, and, and then they repeat, and then they say, so the reason you're calling is because your uh, your system isn't working. Is that correct, right. Mr. Rogers? Uh, yes. <laughs> Can we get to my problem? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting book, and everybody should pick it up. Leading Loyalty, Cracking the Code to Customer Devotion. He's Sandy Rogers. Sandy, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Ron, thank you so much. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Well, that'll do it for me today. You've been wonderful. I'll be back again on Monday with a brand new program. So you take care of yourself because I can't care for you. But until that time arrives, I wish you peace. Peace.